Welcome, everybody, to the Blank Sutra Podcast. Uh, my name is Cameron Dorsey with my co-host, as always, the lovely Carlos Reyes. How are you doing this evening? Hey, hey, everyone. Doing fantastic, as always. Well, you look fantastic. I Thanks. hope you know. Yeah, that's the a Hawaiian very, shirt. That's a very nice shirt. Adds to the piece. I must say, <laughs> yes. Um, so this evening's guest is a very good friend of mine nowadays. I had only heard about him peripherally in the music community before actually getting to know him as a solid not only drummer but human being he plays in christopher james uh does his music wonderful justice in the rhythm section he just got done playing with the reese brothers for their show at the floridian social club Mm. which looked fantastic i must say um he plays with a Java. He is in their rotation now, as well as doing a bunch of other studio session work uh, in terms of percussion. But he's recently branched out into total instruments, too. So I'm worried for my spot. Um, I'm kind of scared because Tucker's really good at anything he touches. Um, but outside of being an amazing, lovely drummer, he is also in a lovely, lovely man. Um, Tucker Sody, everybody. Give it up. Oh my God. You are you are too kind. I'm happy to be here. And uh, I feel like for those of you hoping that I live up to that introduction, you may as well just turn the podcast <laughs> off right now. No, don't say that. Because that's the best that I'm going to look. Don't say that. This no. whole time. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. You dude, guys I mean are it. both the best. Dude. And uh, I'm really happy to be here. We try, to bro. Guys. We try, man. I... And I, I try to refrain, and I'm going to refrain from doing this with anybody I know in the future until I get them in this room. But I don't know anything about your uh, musical formative years. What mm. What is the first uh, instance where you were like, music is the way to go now? You know, did, were your parents musical? Um. Yes. I mean... Not as a professional or anything like that, but my mom played the the flute in high school or in like middle school band, mm. and my dad had a drum set growing up. And uh, when it came time in middle school to you know they kind of came around to your fifth grade classes and were like, hey, this is what's available in middle school band. Go ahead and try some instruments out. And I was like, oh, yeah, 100%. It's going to be the drums. You saw the snare drum. You were like, oh, yeah, that's it. I was like, yeah, I was thinking drum set. And, you know, growing up uh, in my house, there was a lot of Led Zeppelin and the Beatles being played. Like, my dad's favorite band is the Beatles. And uh, so, like, every Sunday we would listen to the Beatles all, you know, all day. And um, that was kind of, and especially Led Zeppelin, like hearing John Bonham play the drums. At at a young age, I was like... Oh, what the hell? Okay, yeah, yeah, this is it. Um, which I feel like is a, a pretty similar story for, for a lot of drummers, you know? Um, so when it came time to actually kind of join band, I was like, yeah, I'm playing the drums, you mm-hmm. know? And they were like, okay, yeah, like, I think that in middle school, they probably got a lot of kids who were like, yeah, I just want to go hit the drums. So she was like, the, the teacher was like, okay, you can like try out all these instruments, but you can't try out the drums. Why not? Mm. Because I, I think that they probably got a lot of kids who went in there and just wanted to put, like, <laughs> just fucking hit the drums. Yeah. <laughs> gotcha. Just just because they're kids. And so they're like, all right, before you 
decide on the drums like we're gonna put a trumpet in your face and like try and make a sound like i could i couldn't even fucking make a sound on a trumpet <laughs> like that mouthpiece like <laughs> yeah dude awful I, I don't i still don't think i can make a sound on a trumpet hmm. um do you guys play i i've i actually started on the trumpet in okay. fourth grade I could make a sound, of course, but I I, I, I remember. I feel like most people probably can. You can, dude. You're selling yourself short. But I remember playing it and looking back because, like, there was a whole section of snare drummers, like, because mm. it was fourth grade, and I don't think they really knew what they were doing. Oh, fourth grade, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know, That's right? Young. That's Su- young, to start. super young, right? Yeah. But the like the whole back row was percussion, and ninety percent of them were on. This, a snare drum just like blah 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 those um i don't know what company it is those books that you see they're like uh, yellow the and red ones yeah like the first one is the red one exactly yeah, exactly and they had those and i remember just looking back and being like dude i want to i want to do what they're doing i, I yeah. like this trumpet shit's cool but like i just want to hit something yeah you yeah. know and i'm sure it was the same for you so yeah. like did did you automatically take to the drum like what how did you get to be able to play drums since you had such a dictator of a music teacher like, uh, she, was, she was great this was just like the initial and like i i definitely feel it because if you've i i teach music as well mm-hmm. and if you've ever been with a fifth or sixth grade kid and you put a, a drum in front of them and put drumsticks in their hands you know every kid is a little bit different some kids are a little bit more mature and like serious about wanting to yeah. learn but i'd say like the vast majority of like fifth graders are just gonna go bah, 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 <laughs> and just annoy the shit out of yeah. you, you know? it's oh, like yeah. their first instinct right yeah. As, it I makes mean, sounds i feel like a lot of us it's our first instinct anyway you know like it's there's something great about just smacking a drum with the drumstick right it's great it was kind of like elusive i bet just how like okay you're having to start off with like the trumpet <laughs> yeah. uh for some for some people at my school it was like violin oh, like you have God. to start Ooh. with these things that's such a nuanced instrument to put a young exactly, child yeah. on that's a steep learning curve unfortunately i was on trumpet and so just having you like both s- were on trumpet <laughs> having spit like, land on my on my knee it was just oh, like what is man. this Whoa. like that's this this is i'm done yeah so you guys were both in band then yeah he was more more so in band i was in wheel in okay. middle school what is so wheel? it's like two or so weeks you get to try out art the next two weeks you get to okay. try out orchestra like a rotating yeah. elective but i definitely like the the music portion of it yeah mm-hmm. well that brings us to where xylophone that today. was pretty awesome <laughs> yeah. too but never drums never that mm. stuff it was always left to actual band and sort of side gotcha. note too for like maybe to be an attorney for these kids that are really annoying as hell when they mm-hmm. get a pair of drumsticks in their hand in fifth grade how like what's the animation of a drum set in any movie in any show animal you know and, and it's always somebody smacking the shit out of the drums like nobody's ever like ooh, he's swinging yeah. you know like they don't animate that exactly you know so yeah, you don't see like the uh like the steve jordan cartoon no, there, like, just <laughs> no, cool in the pocket no. it's like animal <laughs> yeah going crazy like here's a notice shit. out there to any potential future animators maybe make like a really understated drum player in the yeah, future make, make a chill cat make a chill vibing <laughs> dude you know yeah. <laughs> so Let's set the expectations for future students exactly exactly so you finally hit your uh your your promised land of drums how right. long through school did you do that 
I did that all through high school. Um, oh, nice. Like all the way through middle school, I was in marching band in high school and took took it really seriously and I loved it. It was one of those things that like in, you know, when I first started, it was like, okay, I have a snare drum and I have this book and because the drums are, it's pretty easy to sound decent on drums. You just hit it mm. with the stick and it makes the sound. In time? Know? Without being, I, that's not all of it, but like for the most part, yeah. You hit it and it sounds like the drum. Yeah. Um, and then like if you're, if you learn reading music kind of fast, especially rhythm, then it's like, okay, you can play the whole book, the whole first little red book that we're talking about, mm -hmm. like pretty quickly. Um, and the rest of the band, there's a steeper learning curve because they're trying to actually make a good sound on their instrument. As well as learn how to read a how staff, to read a staff and, well. and read key signatures and stuff. Yeah. It's like, dude. Like, Which we did in percussion with the, you know, vibraphone and, and yeah. Yeah. Um, but a lot of the time, because that's where we were, we would just fuck, like totally fuck around in the back. <laughs> and yeah. my middle school band teacher used to call my parents like maybe three times a week and be like your son is like causing disruptions <laughs> like, are you the like class. the ringleader of the i mean we were just fucking around back there because we we're a bunch of percussion kids you know yeah. like i wasn't super serious in middle school about like being a professional yeah, <laughs> I was yeah. just like having fun like making dick and fart jokes with my friends in the back yeah. <laughs> whatever middle school boys are doing i'm imagining there. you saw like the nick cannon drumline movie once and you were just like all right we're gonna battle now Dude, nick cannon did uh did wonders for the the drum community at that i was point inspired in time. by that movie, by that movie. a lot of attention oh like, my god and that came out uh do we Google in this podcast or no? I can. Can we I do can. a quick Google on when yeah, that came out? I, I'm, I'm Mike. What's your guess? I would guess that it came out in like 06, yeah. right? I'm saying, I'm thinking 02. 02? But you know what was big early. back then was also like the dance competitions. Yeah. You Got Served was you also pretty served. big. Stomp the Yard. Stomp the Yard. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, You Got Served is like a really cringy rewatch oh, now. Holy I, shit. I think I saw it like when it came out or like around that time. I haven't I haven't thought about it until Just right get, now. <laughs> spin that one back. I you know? uh, yeah, there was a lot of spirit with that. It is <laughs> 02, actually. <laughs> Your boy okay. was right. 02. Drumline? Mm-hmm. Damn, okay. Mm -hmm. So where were you in, in school at that where time? Where was I when Drumline came yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's like a cohort effect. Right? Yeah. Everybody remembers when they... Remember where you were yeah, when you when saw Drumline, Drumline came out, dude? Yeah. Oh. I didn't see it uh, in 02. I probably saw it when I was in like 8th grade or something. And uh, I was like, oh shit. This is cool. Yeah, band dude. is cool. Fuck awesome. everyone who said it wasn't. You know? Yeah, yeah. Just, um, who cares about horn players? Nick Cannon, dude. Just like... Just hit someone with a snare drum. That Remember scene, that? that scene when he's like playing on the drum that's hooked up to the computer, and it's like transcribing what he's playing, and it's oh. like, oh my, this computer can't take these Dude. notes. He's ramming. To this day, <laughs> it's like to this day, me and Vinny, uh, who's you know, for those of you listening who don't know, Vinny is uh my best friend. He's a bass player I play with all the time. We're gonna have him um, on soon too. I I, I figured yeah. you would. Yeah. So this is a. A precursor, mm -hmm. foreshadowing a to Vinny. Part one. Anyway, we we still laugh about that scene all the time. <laughs> and if you haven't seen Drumline, then go watch it. But uh, there's this scene where 
they're kind of arguing back and forth. Nick Cannon's the young buck, and he's like a hothead. And trying he's to like, prove himself. Trying to prove himself, and he's arguing with the section leader who's trying to kind of like rein him in and have like a holistic drum line. And they're sitting there like yelling back and forth at each other and playing a snare drum at the same time, right? <laughs> Go ahead and be the best without the line, you know? <laughs> so, you know, and like, I think the camera is like rotating yeah, around. Dude, yeah, yeah. And it turns out that like, there's this like groundbreaking technology that like the snare drum is hooked up to a transcription machine and like after they're done and like I, there's like a, a bomb that's dropped where he's like yeah you are the best Nick Cannon you are the best so go ahead and be the best without the line cause we need team players you know and we're like oh shit oh, man. that's what the movie is oh, about that, that was the that was the thing it's the, whole the time. Michael Jordan effect right? and I think he realizes it too mm. and so Nick Cannon's like damn okay he steps back and then like this printer starts printing out sheet music transcribing what they were playing while they're arguing and they're like holy shit this is what we just played but the the thing about it all and if you know just kind of like the the logistics of music at all is yeah. like there was there were two people playing on the same snare drum and there was no click going to give it any context <laughs> yeah. and it's just spitting out this transcription that like there's no fucking way it's just a bunch of 16 they, notes it could ever be right. <laughs> yeah. they're like oh shit and they're like they use that like in the final show it's like the wow. music oh yeah yeah it's, it's the whole thing but so the, we crack up about that all the time but at still. the time it's like oh my god he's defying the laws of science he's right. playing the snare drum so well right. and now they have it they, yeah they are and all the, that's the thing is Nick Cannon, he couldn't read music. Yeah, and that, that was, movie, that was yeah. the other big crux. You know? Yeah, he was totally Ray Charles in yeah, it for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you you went through, uh, did you ever play in jazz band in school? Because, like, I'm wondering when the drum set mm. comes in. Yeah, so I pretty... Man, I'm taking so long to get to this. No, I'm, it's like an origin story. It's we're like here, when you walk brother. In, watch is, a documentary. This is the origin, yeah. And yeah. they're like, to understand why McDonald's was started, you have to go back to the beginning of time. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so okay, so because uh, just single snare drum was was boring at first. I like bugged my parents about buying me a drum set because I was like, that's the cool thing. That's what I want to do. I want to play Dazed and Confused by Led Zeppelin on the drum set Hell immediately. Yeah. So I got uh, my first drum set probably in seventh grade and just like on my own got really motivated to learn and I wasn't taking, you know, I didn't play drum set in school until high school, but just on my own I started learning kind of my favorite records and <clears throat> I remember it was Dazed and Confused was the first like ambitious tune that I learned how to play. Nice, and, dude. And uh, probably not right or anything, but well, close enough. Yeah, dude. And it was cool. It sounds good to you. It's, it's just like these giant tom fills, all you know, six eight, like giant like triplet tom fills all over the place. Nice. And dude. I was like, fuck yeah. I'm a professional drummer now. Yeah. Did That's you it. have your drums in like your room or did your parents have like a space in the garage to have them all there and just for you to ham out? So my drum set was in like a corner of the living room. Um so and I played a lot. <laughs> i played a lot i know bless their hearts man. i know i know well it wasn't you know it wasn't an especially big house that i grew up in um i grew up in key west and uh mm. 
you know, Ooh. there's limited space down there. So there aren't a ton of really big houses anyway. Um, and I feel like for a little bit it was in my room, but my room wasn't huge anyway. And so then I moved it into the living room for a little bit. But it doesn't matter because anywhere that I was playing in the house, the whole house was taken up with with Every, drums. Everybody knew Tucker was playing when he was playing. No, I was fucking playing. <laughs> yeah, the dude. neighbors knew. Like, <laughs> I, I want to say it's such it puts such a cool like sheen on the mystique of Tucker Sody that you grew up in Key West. Like, yeah, it's it, that hit just, me with the hit, hit, with the first question you think of the you grew up in Key West. I hear it all the time. <sighs> Is it the same question usually, or I don't know. I don't know. Okay, I get um, different ones. How soon did you start drinking? <laughs> that is the best, uh, <laughs> the mean, best read on the situation. Pretty early, yeah. Pretty early. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, mom and dad. I didn't mean to. No, no, that's good. <laughs> okay. That's like, and that's the culture down there. It's like it seemed kids like it. Start drinking Word. really, really early. Yeah, like partying like really early because like. You just get into, tr I mean, there's a lot of trouble to get into down there mm -hmm. that's, like, kind of controlled. Like, it's not, like, uh, I don't know if that makes sense, but it's, like, if you get into trouble in, like, Tampa or Fort Lauderdale, you're running around as a kid drinking on the streets, like, somewhere around here. Like, there is really, really bad shit that can happen because it's a big city. Yeah. Running yeah. the wrong person. higher at the risk. Sure. Right. Yeah just because of the area that you're in and Key West is a very tight knit community and everybody knows everybody. And, uh, so like, you know, there's a little bit more leniency in all forms of everything down there. Yeah. Especially growing up. If you're, if you're a part of it. Um, so are the cops cool? Like were they, are they, are they yeah, the cops are all right. seems, you know? it seems like, you know, a little more laid back of a community um in in like a, a in a in a very good sense like yeah. I, I went there once on a, on a cruise when i was like a kid kid didn't really get to experience it fully but then going back recently with you and, and christopher james right. like i got to actually see it in adult eyes and it just seems like a chill place like it, i i could as i the question was posed i could assume people got kind of rowdy a little early in life but you know, people are like walking the streets. I didn't see many people like driving actively. Mm. Like it seems yeah. like a really walk bike friendly place, you know? Yeah. And, and that's kind of what I knew. Like, uh, Tampa is like, you can't survive without a car up here. Basically. No way. You like really can't. It's, no and that's one of the things that I really dislike about this is the lack of public transportation or like even the lack of effort around public transportation in, in the Tampa Bay area. Yeah. Which is crazy because it's like the fastest growing area, you know, probably in the U.S. <laughs> metropolitan right now. And it's so spread out between Tampa and St. Pete and just even, you know, the areas of Tampa in general. It would be so nice if you could not drive everywhere. Exactly. And yeah. the traffic is terrible. It's too, real so. bad. It's worse. And I think, propose of like building more lanes right will not solve it they're building another bridge exactly, man. <laughs> instead of like <laughs> making some sort of train that goes yeah it's yeah like, no, let's just build another bridge dude yeah for more cars like saint pete's getting better with the public transportation and to your point about tampa i tried like on one of my younger days off i went down there with my bike like in my car and i was like oh, i'll just bike around tampa yeah, you're you're shaking your head because I almost died like four times in one day because like yep. 
People crazy. I kind of stopped riding my bike. I was on, we talked about this a little bit. Mm-hmm. I was on a really big cycling kick. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I got a fixed gear and I was like riding all the time. Hell yeah. Like trying to ride as much as possible. And I was doing like these, to myself anyway, like pretty heroic, like 20, 25 mile rides around Tampa, like from my house in the city, in Seminole Heights, all the way down to the river walk down to Davis Island and go and do a stretch on Bayshore. All right. Yeah. And which is like, for me, especially on the bike that I was riding, like that was really far and I was like really getting into it, but getting down to the river walk was like almost death every single time oh yeah treacherous oh yeah once you get to that riverwalk area armature works then it's like it kind of all makes sense to just do a whole run down to ballast point yeah but cutting from here down there is just like dude there's some sidewalks that just stop and now you just have the road and yeah yeah and people do not like bicycles they don't like bikers around i don't fucking i don't get it man they're like and I get it if someone's like really like messing with traffic or riding in the lane or doing whatever. But like, if you're just like on the side in the bike lane or trying to be, if there's no bike lane, like I, you know, people honk at you all the time or drive oh, yeah. way too close to yell at you. And like, you know, I, I guess they don't realize it, but like, you're like, they're in like a, a multi ton death machine. Oh, and yeah. You're like, and just it's just you. This is you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just like your person. Ain't no seatbelts on like, that motherfucker, man. Yeah. yeah. I just got my knees. Like it but you're you're coming to St. Pete, um looking in St. Pete, and if you were mm-hmm. to move there, super bikeable. Yeah, you, dude. You I've will, gone down there a couple of times, done the trail. Yeah. Which is dude. So great. It's so nice. And even the, the city streets, they're big old bike lanes. It seems like they care about it. I they they do. And there's those like bicycle symbol and the two arrows on the street where it's like bike people can bike here guys <laughs> all right yeah, like yeah, calm down course. people can bike here it's it's not as uh it's, it's not as death racy as it yeah, is in tampa yeah. not thunderdome yeah, yeah dude what what was the uh what was the first band you played in was it in key west yeah Sick. yeah i um i played in a band it was a actually the first uh performance i did was at my eighth grade talent show it was me and two of my best friends and this was in 2003 or four mm-hmm. 2004 or five and we loved blink 182 like yeah, that was like yeah. and that was another guy for me anyway travis barker the bad like, the thing is i don't really play like any of these people that i'm talking about right now yeah. but like those that was like I think it's so important to have someone who gives you a spark of interest, you know, and like seeing Travis play and seeing, you know, or like hearing John Bonham play, like it just gets you stoked. And I think that's so important. Amped. Um, But we played one song at the middle school talent show or the only like band to play. And, uh, is it a yes, damn it, bro. <laughs> yes, course, I called it. It's all dude. right. You tell me, right? Dude. So we get up there and we have our little amps and my drum set. And, uh, it was me, my friend Robert Fowler, and, uh, George Clark. George, George was the bassist. And he was the one who was going to sing the tune. And they had a, a microphone for him. 
And we were just so stoked. We like practiced that song for like three weeks. Hell yeah. Just the one song. You know? It's like <laughs> yeah. three chords. Let's run something. it again. <laughs> yeah. um, and we got up there and we were so amped. And we like talk, told like all of our like punk friends in middle school. And we're like, we're playing punk rock <laughs> in the cafeteria <laughs> for the sound show. Yeah, dude. And like everyone was there. And like oh, at that shit. point, like people were like smoking weed like at that that time, like yeah. eighth grade. Tremendous. Like we were saying in Key West. I don't know if that's young for everyone, but like eighth grade, I feel like is that that's that, about where that's where it's kind it of an introductory age, yeah, yeah. I'd say so. So like they were like smoking like outside and like came in and were like, stoked for like <laughs> at the a punk middle show. school. Nice. They were like, yeah, they were kind of like it was uh a little bit different because there's like an outdoor area and it, there's like a residential street like pretty close to there so I, I guess they like there. snuck off i think a couple people ended up getting caught for that and in trouble it was like it was a shit show of a town that's show. punk it's punk as hell we get the we get up on stage and start playing that you know intro everybody's like right and it was like to me anyway that's what it felt like yeah everyone's like i felt like it was crazy and i don't want to ever see a video because i have such a great memory of it yeah and if it's wrong i don't want to know but um but anyway george goes to come in with the first vocal line you know, it's all right. And the microphone is not on. And I oh. see his face and he's like, so he's like flustered. And he's like, what the fuck? And he's like kind of pissed. <laughs> and so he like pushed the mic stand over and started screaming. And like this, this kid was like, not like the punkest kid that you've ever met. Like he wasn't really that at all. But like in that moment, he fucking was. He unlocked something oh, yeah. inside of himself. And we like, crush that song nice you know absolutely yeah. crush it one song thank you fuck you we crushed it yeah dude that's <laughs> and like, awesome and that's how i remember it and that's how i always want to remember and like after that what do, what do i do now i fucking play music yeah, dude for live. might as well play the that grammys that was it man yeah, that was the that was the catalyst that's your rock one and roll hall of fame dude Dude, yeah holy shit that's so cool dude yeah that was the first performance and then i had a band um like kind of ska core <laughs> band that i played in in high school were those your musical interests like pop punk adjacent ska sort of uh yeah. vibe hell yeah hell yeah and then like you know like i guess you know the rap like the eminem era and at that point in time oh, yeah, dude. it was you know I, I would love to be to to be like yeah I'm really cool I never followed any trends but like that's what popular music was when I was growing up and like it was dope and it was dope to be a part of that culture and be like fuck yeah pop punk rock you know we didn't know it was pop punk it was just like Blink 182 that's mm -hmm. what it was yeah. mm -hmm. and then it was like ska like yes everybody's listening to ska like and then it was like some weird emo scene shit and I was like that's when I was kind of like that was like in my high school like I was double like, bass uh, kind like, of stuff um yeah i mean not even the drum, the drum parts were cool but it was just like when like i liked taking back sunday because they did a lot of really oh cool, yeah like, overlapping vocals and stuff like that mm -hmm. and then it started like everything kind of started to go a little like too emo and i was like all right mm -hmm. i'm gonna i'm gonna listen to jazz now don't pull any punches <laughs> what is too emo 
What band comes oh, to mind? Because I know I know what band came to mind. Out. Come on. Um, You're on the couch. Shit. I actually don't know the band. I remember having to learn this song for like a band that I was in in high school and uh, and being like, yeah, I don't think this is going to be the music that I play or listen to. Um, shit, dude. It's something about like Dr. Payne. I remember this song. Mm. Like talking about doing an autopsy on someone who like, I guess like foul play was suspected. I don't know what it is. But, and I was just like, but it was, I think it was a big metaphor for like how sad they were <laughs> and i was like i i don't i don't think i'm on board with this anymore yeah um, it just becomes all metaphors you're so yeah. happy yeah you're so yeah. happy go lucky it probably just did not align with your with you spiritually man yeah maybe maybe yeah i think it was just a little whiny i was yeah, like all right like, it got whiny kind of lame yeah yeah and i was like i i i i've seen it trending whiny and then this is just too much for me, and I'm the fuck out piece. Yeah, yeah dude, like, again, I'm going to go play jazz. Yeah, yo. do that. Screw game. this. What was the, the music scene all, like, during that time in Key West? Because um, is there, like, a lot of, I haven't been there in, like, ages, but is there, like, a lot of demographic-wise, like, younger people, or would you say, like, almost, like, people coming into their retirement ages and just chilling out at that point? Key, Key West is a really, really cool community, and it's a really cool mix of people. Um, and it's it it reads it kind of feels like a like a a pretty busy city. Hmm. Um, and so there are, there's young people, you know, young people having families, young parents. There there are people who go there to retire and fish. Hmm. You know, I, I feel like that's a little bit more marathon, which is a little bit more north. But Key West is like a, a really huge tourism it has a huge tourism industry tourist industry so there's a lot of business being done down there and a lot of dollars kind of like being exchanged and when that happens there's a ton of jobs and a ton of you know people working right um the music scene is it's a lot of covers like right now and i think it always kind of has been it's a lot of like cover bars and that's not to say that there aren't people down there making original music and doing really great you know great things and playing you know jazz you know there are there's a jazz listening room down there now oh sweet um when i was growing up you know i i pretty much moved out of key west when i was 17 uh right after i graduated high school and <clears throat> and moved up to tampa to go to college so what i knew of the music scene was like my friends bands in high school and they're at that point they were playing like ska because there were kids from band you know who i was mm -hmm. in actual band with and so a, a bunch of like pretty great like horn players you know and they're like oh ska is a thing like we play saxophone and trombone <laughs> and trumpet <laughs> like fuck yeah let's yeah, do it yeah dude. it's like the most necessary instrument for it yeah exactly dude nice you you moved to um you moved to tampa to go to school what did you go to school for uh, I went to school for psychology. I have a, a bachelor's in psychology. Hell yeah, bro. So, USF, yeah. right? USF, yeah. There we go. Classes 2012. Nice, yeah. bro. Yeah. Were you playing all throughout college? Um, well, I kind of initially wanted to go to school for music, and I was, I was really, really into orchestral percussion my senior year. I love it. Um, 
I love I love orchestral percussion, honestly. Yeah, yeah. me too. And it's just uh, I practiced so much and lived in that world so much, and I feel like I was not that good. What do you mean? <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like in that world of things, like I wasn't very good, and I really wanted to be, and I was probably one of the one of the best orchestral percussionists who lived in like within like probably 50 to 100 miles of Key West and I wasn't that good but they're just like who's you know who's playing yeah. orchestral percussion the in the keys yeah, you know it's a small pond and I you know people travel and get contracted like you know for like orchestra stuff that's great but like I didn't have anyone to teach me and this is the early days of YouTube so I was like trying to figure shit out and like I was okay, but you really need a good teacher to do that. Like, there's so much tradition and, like, so many things that are, like, unspoken in the world of, like, the <laughs> the orchestra, <laughs> you know? The top G's of the orchestra yeah, exactly. world. Yeah. Yes. Lo the long tail mafia. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so, like, I didn't, you know, I just did, like, what I saw from the very limited resources that I had on YouTube at the time. It was, you know, pretty new. It's not like it is today where you can look up anything and how to play it and learn it. YouTube yeah. University. Yeah, mm. dude, it's so great. It's real now. Um, and I remember like wanting to audition to try and get into schools for orchestral percussion or just like being a percussion, you know, major in some capacity. And um, I was trying to find someone to teach me. And there was nobody, there's one guy who was like a retired percussionist, like orchestral percussionist who lived in like, you know, I don't know, rant, like, I don't, I think he lived up the keys, like maybe two hours up the keys or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember emailing him because like there was no, not social media wasn't how it was today either. Right. You know, this is 2007, like most people were not, most older people were not on Facebook at all. Oh yeah. <clears throat> now it's just only old now people. Now it is, yeah, strictly <laughs> old people. Yeah. But uh, I remember emailing him and sending like three emails to be like, please, will you teach me? Like, I need someone to help me out. And like, he never, like, I don't, uh, he never got back to me and never read it or anything. Come on, bro. And so like, I got into University of Tampa on a scholarship for music. And I, I don't think I auditioned at USF for music and I was just burnt out and I was like, you know what, fuck this. I'm not going to do it. Yeah, fair and yeah. I went for psychology and then took a year off playing. It was the longest time ever that I ever didn't play music. It was my freshman year of college. Was it because you were so busy or was it because like, fuck music? Well, you know, I was just fan. so, so into it and like studying and practicing so hard, like my senior year especially, mm. that I kind of was like, I, I burnt out a little bit. Yeah, like, what's know? the point? Dude? Yeah. yeah, I was, like, burnt out, and I was, like, I started this because I love it, you know? Yeah. I've been doing it for however many, six years at that point. Mm -hmm. And I am super frustrated and burnt out on it, and, like, if I don't love it right this second, if it's, like, feeling like something else, I'm just gonna drink my way through my freshman year and <laughs> meet a bunch of people and yeah. have fun and be a, an undergraduate for a year yeah and if i feel inspired to go play and have some sort of you know reason or access to it then i'll do it and of course i did you know because yeah. 
I'll never get away from music. It, no, I feel like you guys probably yeah, it's <laughs> the same thing. <laughs> in some capacity, music will find its way back to you. Oh, yeah. If you really yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. Just, did, so I know you now as like a very prolific drum player in many a different group. Was it like you started at zero when you moved here, I bet, in terms of influence and stuff? And then when did that start to like ramp up to like Tucker Sodi is the man you want in your rhythm section as it is now? Um, that's that's super cool that you say that because that's what it is now. I I, I really I appreciate that. Hot in demand. Yes. Um. I I appreciate that, and uh, I <laughs> I want to share a quote that I gave to Charlie Reese the other day okay. when he was like it was like two nights ago when we were playing at the Floridian, and he was like. Yeah, I really appreciate like, you know, you guys like really just being on it and like learning the tunes and like knowing the songs. And that's, you know, that if there's one thing that I that I'll give myself credit for is like I always kind of do my homework if yeah, I'm you going, come prepared, bro. I come prepared. Um and I told him I was like, Yeah, dude, honestly it comes down to like <laughs> A deep-seated anxiety about not letting somebody down. <laughs> 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 no worries, man. No, it's all good. I have to do this. I have yeah. to do. This. Yeah, I will feel like worse. <laughs> the brink of my mentality. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, no, it's just anxiety, so don't worry about it. Yeah. Um, but I was I started a band at the end of college uh, called Displace with a couple of uh, friends, and that kind of starting that was my first introduction into the music scene of Tampa, the real music scene of Tampa. Um, and I was in that band for a, a long time. And I, I met, you know, some of my best friends who played with that band or, you know, I met through the music scene who we shared bills with. And I met a ton of people who are just fans of music in general, you know, and became friends. And I met a lot of the people who I still play with today and like other groups, you know, know me from that. And that was my first time getting to tour and, you know, just kind of actually being a performing musician, a real professional yeah. performing musician. A working musician. And man. in those days, I wasn't the guy that you're talking about right now that's hey. like, comes prepared. Dude. He charted out all the songs. Dude, yeah. You know? Like, we were young and like, yeah. just like jamming and fucking around. And hey, I mean, it but, was great. And, yeah. But that's like magic to the, to mm -hmm. the common person. Like, if you can, if you can be in a place playing with three to four other people, and like it all sounds cohesive and you start at the same time and end at the same time people are like what like dude yeah. Oh, yeah. what conservatory did you go to <laughs> you know like not to knock the common person but uh, no I'm just of saying, course like, it is magic it's a magic trick it is a magic trick it's and, beautiful and it's a magic trick that everybody appreciates whether you're in on what's going on with the magic trick or whether you have no clue and it just feels like they just knew read each other's minds. Yeah, dude. Which that's what that's what we do mm -hmm. when you're improvising. That's what you do. It's communication. It's like making an informed guess that everyone makes the same informed guess at the same time. Telekinesis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like based on so many different like assumptions, but also like industry standard assumptions. Yeah. And yeah. like, especially if you know somebody, you're like, 
oh, I know that this is probably his tendencies. That's what we used to call it because the band that I played in for the longest time was it was a jam band, you know? And so we did a ton of improv and it's like these songs were basically vehicles to get into longer improvisations and people especially at that time just fucking loved it that that crowd loves that mm -hmm. and i love it as a musician too because you get to have conversations and kind of build something mm -hmm. on stage with the people you're playing with and the way that i used to think about it and still do is knowing i mean it's super important to know the people you're playing with or at least have a good sense of you know you know what the, who they are as a musician and then it's about knowing the tendencies of the group or of the people you're playing with or the person who's leading the whole thing if you know what somebody's like tendencies are and you guys all kind of know each other's tendencies you can kind of build on that and either like do something that happens that's expected you know within that realm or kind of break away from what is expected because everybody knows kind of the playing field and then you can deviate from there um i feel like i just said basically nothing no you did <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining it as as you speak yeah i'm following it dude yeah but uh i really it's one of those things that i'm really grateful for that i got a lot of practice on is just kind of improvising a lot and not necessarily in like a a jazz combo at a school because like there's still this expectation in like jazz class you know <clears throat> of like yes you're improvising but like are you following the rules yeah <laughs> like, are you, yeah are you doing the bird solo yeah did you play the bird link yeah, <laughs> yeah. did you transcribe that yeah. solo to a t or exactly yeah i mean that's kind of that's another and that's another kind of shared language though is if somebody knows you know oh he's playing he played that charlie parker lick and there's an, a higher understanding of it there yeah absolutely um, I, I don't understand. <laughs> no, no. Some people do. I I can appreciate it for sure. Mm. But we were talking about this last night, actually, like yeah, outside of Intermezzo, um, where we were saying, I, I brought up initially, I was like, you know, you see like virtuous, virtuoso players that can just rip anything. And you could tell that they put time and effort and sweat and blood tears into this craft and you know like i guess this is a different point honestly i just kind of wanted to bring this up i guess because we talked about it last night um like you have to kind of give up certain elements of your life <laughs> right, right, no. for that you know jazz, jazz is like the the, the heroin or the gambling addiction yes dude it is a, it is a black hole just don't do jazz kids don't do jazz man you'll end up sleeping well, in an it? abandoned church <laughs> smell like cats? cat piss <laughs> and teaching <laughs> teaching me how to play piano like. Yo, shout out to all my friends who play jazz <laughs> yeah i love you you guys are awesome i'll come dude. visit you in the abandoned church <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude well like i, I guess you, you gotta like have that agreement as to whether you know am i going to sacrifice uh fun and women or men you know or uh just romance just people yeah like yeah. i can't play video games yeah. and learn this charlie parker solo in all in one day you know mm -hmm. and if you repeat rinse and repeat that over like days weeks months years you get really great 
you know, you get insane. Uh, and I, I think a large part of that comes from being in a very strictured, uh, like jazz program at a school, but you did the same thing essentially, but just way more like nomadic and like a gypsy style where you were just kind of like, let me try this out. Yeah. Let me just try this out. Let's see if this is cool. But we're, we're improvising the whole time, which is great, you know? Um, and it's one of those things that I don't think I, I realized it and how, how grateful I am to have had those experiences where I was improvising all the time. Um, until like, you know, you meet people who are amazing players and we're like, okay, yeah, we're just going to improvise. We're just going to go for something. And it becomes like, that's hard for me. Like, like oh my gosh, I don't know. Wait a minute. You know? Yeah. Like, like, okay, yeah, let's just play something. And then it's like, okay, what, what tune are we doing? Yeah. It's yeah. Like, uh, well, probably not a tune because, you know, yeah, we're just kind of fucking around. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I don't do that often. I actually, I play in a band though. Right now it's called Scallop with, uh, Mike Bryant, who is the owner, part owner of, uh, Dunedin Brewery. And also, uh, my friend Trevor, who I play in a band, uh, Future Vintage with. Sick band. My boy Austin on the keys, my boy Joe King on the guitar. And the whole thing is like purposefully out improvised music and we do it like maybe three times a year and it's like all right we're going for scallop and like what we did is like we crowdsourced the the set list so we would make a facebook post and be like hey just put song titles oh i've seen this this. i've seen this ensemble it's yeah and then you just make the song like they give you the they give you the name right and, and then, then the ingredients exactly we kind of like improvised to to somewhat put the, the vibe suit. of that yeah. song is that why it's called scallops or <sighs> any origin to that name no <laughs> <laughs> it's scallop with a k <laughs> i think and like you know i think there was no there was no good story for why we chose it like kind of after the fact we're like oh yeah we're diving deep you know or yeah, like okay. we're underwater or like yeah like we're just trying to justify <laughs> retroactive <laughs> name meaning yeah. that's dope what's your what was your favorite song title that was given oh shit or dude. what's one that off the top of your um, head when okay you think of that so my friend sam every time we ask for song title suggestions he always has something to do with this character mavis mm-hmm. so it'll be like um Mavis spilled the beans or like <laughs> Mavis. Mavis is back again <laughs> or like oh no what happened to Mavis uh, part two yeah question mark Ooh, <laughs> like that. just, the, so like if you get like you know there's like a continuity to, to it two, it's like this kind of like mystery vibe when you start to improvise I love know? that um oh, it's just like any any sort of like origin source of something you can pull from and then you improvise on it um it's kind of like a ask the audience about something on like an improv comedy show. Yeah, that's you know? a very whose line is it anyway sort yes. of band yes, right there, dude. <laughs> the first rule of improv, brother. No, actually, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. Dude, uh, so when did you start producing? Because uh, you, you, right, you played in bands. Mm-hmm. You, you had your jam band background. You flexed your... Um, 
improvisation muscle to a Arnold Schwarzenegger uh, <laughs> girth <laughs> and sheen. There's a lot of sheen. There's a lot of sheen muscle. on that yeah, motherfucker, exactly. you know? Um, so, like, <laughs> when, when, when did that dip? The into, veins were present. <laughs> the 24-inch pythons <laughs> were, in, yeah, in full force for sure. But when did that, like, go over into uh, similar to this room? This lovely home studio we're sitting into now. When did you start building your home studio, gaining an appreciation for the production aspect of music? So, I made hip hop beats in high school. That was like on GarageBand. That's Kids everybody's. That's our rite of passage because Carlos yeah. did the same, did the same shit. shit. I did the same. What'd you guys use? GarageBand. GarageBand. F- FL Studio. FL there Studio. You go. Okay. FL to this day. You know. Track. Yeah, you on it? Yeah, for okay. sure. It's just because I know it. Man, FL Studio, I feel like I feel like they're doing themselves a disservice because it's fucking Fruity Loops, right? It, sh- it should still be Fruity Loops. They, they, Fruity tr- Loops. they tried to like legitimize yeah, themselves. That, yeah, who cares? It's Fruity Loops. It's Fruity Loops. And like, be proud of that shit. Yeah, know? they have a Fruity fun- Loops. It has the logo, the fruit. Yeah. yeah, it's a mango. There's a, and there's a DAW called Cakewalk. I yeah. think Fruity Loops is cooler than Cakewalk. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. You know? Fruity Loops had the, the step sequencer, and that's like mm-hmm. the first introduction to Oh, oh yeah, shit. Just bro. click, click, click. Yeah. Press it, play. And hell yeah. You got something. Yeah. It's Dude. prime for trap beats. Honestly. Easiest way to do the hi hats. <laughs> click, drag. That's all. <laughs> exactly. That's all you got to do. <laughs> were you, what were you using to make your, your hip hop beats? Was it GarageBand? Oh, yeah. Oh yeah, called it. Yes. Yeah, yes. I had a, I had a white MacBook. Mm. Yes, yes. I thought I was cool as fuck. <laughs> I was hey, like, I'm making hip hop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Watch out, Drake. I'm Look coming at me now. Yeah, yeah. dude. <laughs> um, like, I, I always picture like GarageBand is like Logic Light. Yeah, it's yeah. like it's a, the free one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, dude. Were you doing a lot of sampling included with like the hip hop beats that you're like making in GarageBand, or just like you, you know, ripping samples from like CDs or so? Uh, so I never got that. I'm not, I I like as far as sampling goes, like I'm still not good at that. I wish I was. Like that's some shit that I'm like. I wish I was good at like maybe being able to use an MPC and flying samples in and like having that part of my brain. Some people are really, really good at hearing a song and hearing one little part of it and saying, I know how to flip this and do this. And like, I was never and still am not (laughs) very good. Like that's not that part of my brain doesn't work like that very well. You got it, bro. I probably could, but like that's not, it doesn't come natural that workflow. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would just use like, whatever virtual instruments that were on logic and i didn't have a midi controller like i didn't even know what a midi controller was until i don't know like not that long ago you know like maybe 10 years ago or something like that so like in high school i was like clicking and dragging no dude musical typing on the keyboard i got i was playing like chords on musical typing that's like harder than actual piano it's so fucking hard it sucks i got i got good at it yeah i bet you're playing that wdf yeah exactly what's the what's the b flat on there like a t or something were you releasing this early material was 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 this officially like your early earliest material? Yeah, that you were yeah. Making? Were was, you putting on like SoundCloud back then, or 
I forget what was the what, thing. We gotta dig up the Tucker Sodi oh, sound. Well, I had dude. a rap group with my friend Cody. Were you rapping? Hell yeah. Nice. <laughs> nice, dude. It was called Damn Scooter Boys. Dude, now we know the intro for this podcast. Yeah, dude. You gotta <laughs> dig up one of them tracks, baby. Come on. Dude, uh, so it was like it was like kind of comedy rap, but we took ourselves very seriously. It was like when the Razor Scooters were Yeah. A thing, Hot. and we're like, we're we're them scooter boys, you know. Yeah, and uh, we, I mean, it's not like we really rode scooter. We we rode scooters a little bit, but did you do it like, and then you you did a, a cool spin trick and hit your shin really oh, hard? Dude, and always like, rock your wearing the jinko yeah. jeans. Dude. <laughs> yeah, bro, that was the bad. Lee pipes, <laughs> <laughs> Lee pipes, bro. Yeah, man, <laughs> fucking them scooter boys. So is that that's like your first era in DAW use. When did it evolve to these like tasty ass one minute tracks you'd be putting out nowadays and all these like Instagram reels where you're in this nice studio mm. and I just assume you're recording the tape and you might not be, but it just sounds so lush. Uh, yeah, fuck it. No, I'm not recording the tape. Okay. Um, I wish I was. Dude. That's another thing. I, it's like, coming. I, I feel like I do. I know a decent amount about recording and about audio. And then I also feel at the same time like i really don't know a whole lot about it mm. you know mm. and I, that whole the whole era of me having a studio and kind of doing my own tracks that are not them scooter boys hip-hop which i fucking love by the way dude bring, I still bring it back it. um but like that all started <clears throat> in like 2019 okay. and i was just getting into it and my, you know, my friend Vinny has been into audio forever and he would talk about things audio wise and it would just go in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. And then I started when we were recording, I started to have an idea of how I wanted the drums to sound in my head and not have the vocabulary or know how mm -hmm. to get them to be there. And I was like, you know what? I got to stop glazing over when people who know what they're talking about are talking about these things to me. So I started talking to Vinny and I started just like doing a lot of research and I started getting into drummers who, <clears throat> who record and who are like session players and like engineers and engineer themselves. And I fell in love with it. Absolutely. Because I, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a passable drummer. I can do a, a great job at playing drums. I'm not the best drummer in the world by any means. I'm never going to go up there and be the guy who's like, show him what you got. And like, everyone's like, oh my God, that was the craziest fucking drum thing I've ever seen. Like, I, I play the role of drums well live. Mm -hmm. And I think the reason why I'm good at that is because I'm always thinking about the composition. And I'm always thinking about what's being added to the music as a whole yeah. Yeah. playing my part in my role picture. yeah it's either that or you smell like cat piss <laughs> i and, smell like cat know. piss and i'm the best drummer alive <laughs> exactly gospel jobs yeah. bro but oh my god dookie. i love people who can do that and it amazes me me too it's i just that's not me and i and for me like i have enough chops that if i wanted to i could spend a lot of time and learn how to to play choppier and, and really up my game as far as like being able to solo or showmanship or whatever, you know? 
And to me, it just would feel not genuine to go in that direction because that's not what, where I feel like I have a strength. I feel like my strength is in playing a part and contributing to the song as a whole. Mm -hmm. And I feel like I do that really well live, but the place where you can do that even better is in the studio. If you're, you know, playing on a session, if you're playing drums for someone's tune, or if you're producing the tune, or if you're just making your own tune. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. <clears throat> but that is what I found attractive about it. Is like it was very much in line with the way that I think. It's like, okay, what's the feel like? What's the part that needs to be played, that needs to be in this song? Not that I want to play. Mm -hmm. Like what needs to be in the song to make it a better song? Mm -hmm. um, and so around 2019, 20, early 2020, I started kind of compiling like some microphones. I moved in with my um, girlfriend at the time, now fiance. Hey. Um, and yeah. thank you. Shout out Leslie. I love you. Um, <laughs> but we moved in together in early 2020, February 2020. And then, and I was really getting into like, finally I had our own house. I had a room in the house that it was a dedicated studio space for me. And <clears throat> sorry. Okay. And then the world shut down. Yeah. yeah. And like a lot of people were like, oh no, live music is gone. And like, I don't want to downplay like that at all. Like that sucks. And that was rough for a lot of people in a lot of ways. Personally, when the world shut down and I had just set my studio up, I was like, perfect. Fuck. Yes. <laughs> Here we go. Studio Fuck. time. Yes. I'm going to sit here for the next like, however long this is good <laughs> however long this happens yeah i'm a fucking i'm living in this studio and i'm learning everything that i possibly can yeah sorry leslie i'm gonna be busy. <laughs> she, she was like are you coming to bed i'm like no i'm eqing a fucking <laughs> snare drum because i need it to sound gushy all right I'm trying to get that fucking whatever 150 the, out of the it fuck that means also, <laughs> yeah, yeah. this shit is not gushy <laughs> Oh, you know a gushy snare when you I hear do, one. I do, I do, I do. You know. For sure. <laughs> gushy. Yes. Sounds like you're stepping in a puddle. Yes. <laughs> Indeed. A gushy snare. A gushy I snare. Spent, dude, I spent like, that was like my, uh, you know, you're talking about like jazz school. Like that was my own self-inflicted recording school of like. The, the Tucker Sody yes. Conservatory. Oh my God, dude. I sat there and fucking obsessed over drum tones and mic placement and how to do it. And like bought courses from people who I like this dude Aaron Sterling who is my favorite drummer right now um he's a session player plays on you know a lot of pop tunes he's based out of LA he's John Mayer's drummer yeah well, there you go um and he put out these courses just like super informal of him talking about recording the way that he records and they're super informal and the best thing that I could have ever possibly got my hands on mm -hmm. because he has, you know, he's does a lot of the stuff from his own home studio. Granted, he's got great gear. He's been doing it for a very long time um, at the highest level, really yeah. the highest level. Um, but just the fact that he set up a camera and talked about different subjects in his studio for a couple of days, I like those are, those were like my recording Bibles when I was learning how, mm. how to mic drums and, process drums and just all of that nice dude 
so yeah, it was all born out of that. And then I was like, got to a point where I was like, okay, I'm doing these like little Instagram clips with my friends who are also in quarantine. And we're just kind of like, I'll record drums and then send it to him. And he'll, record, you know, I feel like most musicians did some shit like that. No, or, definitely. Yeah. Um, a way to connect with the outside world. Yeah. But like, that was cool. That got me into a remote workflow of like remote recording. And I love that too, being able to have me on a track where I'm not like in the same country as someone or be able to hire someone who I am like, God, I would love, you know, for them to play on a track, but like, you know, they're not here. Yeah. When am I going to meet that guy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was really cool and super kind of enlightening and inspiring and, um, I just feel like it's been just this incremental thing where I've gotten better and better and better and better and I'm still nowhere close to as good as I would yeah. like to be. Like, I'm still like, oh shit, like, you know, big imposter syndrome all the time. Um, nah, dude, you made solid gold, so that's... Oh, uh, yeah. That's, well, you made solid gold. We, you made solid gold. I, that that's that's your, That's the first Grammy Award winner. Right. I don't know if you know. Wait, but. We have to do a little disclaimer here right now. <clears throat> this next section is a promotion <laughs> for a new song coming out on July 21st, which is a Friday. Got a good voice for that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Um, all right. Yes. So I did make solid gold with the help of Cameron over here. Hey. Um, Carlos, have you heard the track? I have not. Oh my god. We should listen to the track. Yeah. Right now, and what we should do is you should put it through the headphones, and I just want to hear your reaction to it. Can, can say, we do that? Can we yeah. do that? Okay. Let's fucking do it. Let's fucking do yeah. it. Yeah, I sent it to your email. Right? Yeah, you could you could send it to Carlos, uh, or if you want me to do it, I can Lead do it. Forward. Yeah. Because I have the uh, final, the one you sent. Yes. <laughs> solid gold final master final 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 master six. <laughs> final swear to god final master oh god. but yeah this is just like a because i i heard about it through you posted this very smart marketing and engaging post on your instagram mm. as you continually seem to do where you posted these three different instrumentals and you set a, a, a short video to each of them. That's right. That fit the vibe of what the instrumental was. And there was a really islandy, island boy sort of sounding. Yeah. <laughs> island <laughs> boy sort of, you know, sound and song. There you go. And it, um, it really just kind of, it, it, I was like, man. I would I would put something on that. I don't I don't even know if you were pitching for like I was. I was fishing okay. and you fucking bit. Okay, so I bit, bro, because that shit was that had me bumping Dude. even off the phone audio. I was like, ah, okay. Go yeah, ahead. so so I guess to put it plainly, I put three just like really rough ideas. Like I produced like maybe like thirty seconds of each idea and I was like great. I hope someone because I, I was like I feel like a little stuck on it. I don't know what to do. I feel like I'd like vocals or something. So I was like, I'm going to post like three 30 second 
you know, things and see if anybody's interested in it. And you hit me up. You're like, yo, what's up with number three? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, yes, <laughs> yes, Cameron, Cameron, number three is you. <laughs> yes. Heck yeah, dude. It's yeah. so good. It's, is, is it going to steel pan? It's steel pan. On. It was Island vibes. It gave me Key West all day. Yeah. Key you West. Know? You know, yeah. I felt like I was an adventure island. Um, <laughs> do you have, can it, will it play? Will it record? It will play, but it won't record. We can like cut and then, add that track in okay we could do it in post uh either or okay actually maybe we'll do it we'll do like a little a clip of it in post so everyone can hear like uh just a snippet of the song a little sneak preview that's oh yeah that's right it's it's not not out yet okay so we're entering a listening uh my listening reaction right now dudes great job on this man yeah i'm I'm glad you hadn't heard it before i like the claps throughout oh okay and not only that but also how it kind of like yeah like it has that island vibe to it but it also has like a bit of like a i don't know like a nice mystique groove to it like i don't know where it's going to take me is it going to keep being but then the outro has a more modernized feel almost like i don't know that's like the synth that you have there in the so I I did a synth line there and I liked it but I wanted a guitar to do it and Levi who obviously you guys know very well on the podcast probably knows because the he podcast came the podcast came <laughs> sorry yeah um so Levi is really into tones like that like and I told, I hit him up, and I was like, "Dude, I want you to play the synth line that I have. I want you to double it, and I want you to make it sound like a fucking, like a, like a bomb siren, you know? Yeah. yeah. Like I want to just drench that shit with whatever you know reverb and delay that you have, and just like, you know, like. And he killed it. So that's la- the synth that I have, and layered with with Levi's. It's mostly Levi's guitar at the end there. Oh shit! Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, dude. It's it, yeah. He had the the Ewe thing. Yeah, that's right. Is, <clears throat> that's right. He played it with the Ebo. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's Ebo Ewe. I I use the Ebo. One, one like, of those. Fucking great nerd. It's, I don't care. <laughs> dork. Yeah, it's just, great. It's dude. like this little rectangular thing that has two magnets in it, and if you hover it. If you hover the magnets perfectly between a guitar string, it'll just, it's like you're picking super tremolo. It just becomes like a siren. Hmm. So it just becomes like. Okay. So it's just on, on, on the guitar. Yeah. Yeah. And I can imagine he used like a, a, uh, one of those like blues players things where it's like the, the glass cylinder around your finger. You got it. Slide. Yeah, you got it. The the slide. <laughs> Thank the you. Slide. The, the non-guitar the blue, player. The, blues player. The, the little blues player cylinder thing yeah. that goes around your finger, you know. Uh, yeah, he used one of those, and I'm guessing the Ebo, Ewe, whatever the hell, mm-hmm. and did it. And yeah, that shit rides, bro. And the reharmonization on the end, I, yeah. I, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. This is nice, dude. A little, little reharm of the chorus at the end there. I yeah. love that. Yeah, I dude. I love that part. Yeah, man. And like, put some like, uh, kind of sub synth down in there. That was something new for me, too, is to try and balance like sub synths because like a lot of the stuff that I produce is just instruments, you know, as mm-hmm. they are. Um, and I don't do a ton of like, 
super low frequency, you know, frequency stuff that I have to balance. And that's a whole thing. Like one of my best friends is uh, like a really, really great electronic music producer. And um, so I talked with him for a little bit. I'm like, hey, I got this like I'm trying to balance like, uh, you know, a kick and like that. The kick at the end there is um, is pretty uh, low passed as well. So it's just like the kick out mic and it's like just bas basically <clears throat> subby anyway. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. And then I also have like this super low like subsend thing happening. And I was like, hey, Sam, like, uh, you know, I just want to try and balance these two things. And he's like, he gave me this look like, yeah, dude, like that's what I've been doing for a very forever. long time. Yeah, <laughs> like, forever, dude. You know how to do it. Was it like a matter of EQ dipping at like, 60 yeah, on the little, sub. little side chain thing but okay, it's also chain, yeah. it's also like a ton of for me anyway the, the balancing aspect is like a ton of listening on a ton of different speakers that's yeah. why i sent you like 20 different versions of this song yeah. because i liked every one of them yeah because sometimes you listen without a subwoofer and like it's like oh it's not there and so you turn it up and then yeah. <laughs> with the subwoofer somewhere else like okay break someone's system yeah I, um, and i wasn't gonna be critical at all of the mix because i'm just happy that you even wanted to have me on a song uh, in the first place it, so dude. i was just like bro oh, dude just i i trust whatever you got man whatever you wanted to do with it it's very nice yeah. that's a really uh, good whole feeling to it like, cool no no empty spots or spaces it just it feels like there's things that you, you have layered perfectly. Thank you. Intentional that. music. Yeah, intentional. Thank you. Yeah, that's, uh, I think that's something that I learned by making minute long tracks. Like I have a couple of, I have like three, just about one minute long tracks that are instrumental that I put out. On, uh, Spotify, on Spotify for everybody to listen to. Tucker mm -hmm. Sodi. Yep. Give him some and that's love. where you'll be able to find Solid Gold. Ow! Treats and Tucker Sodi coming out. Yes, 721 sir. this is a promotion um <laughs> <laughs> yeah dude um but i think by making minute long tracks there's no space to be like oh let's just fuck around here for a minute like oh let's something's like it has to be intentional it has have to a minute to work with. constantly develop too yeah like yeah. there has to be always something kind of new around the corner yeah to keep the interest yeah and so i think i took what I learned there and kind of applied it to a full length track here. Mm -hmm. Um, and the demo that I sent you that you wrote to had way too much shit in it. Like from my end mm -hmm. where I had like other melodies happening and like my, my like counterpoint melodies would be happening and it'd just be hooks and hooks, like instrumental hooks and hooks and hooks and hooks. There was a lot of steel drum. There was a lot more steel, a drum, lot more steel <laughs> drum in the first version. And I love the process of editing and being intentional. And just like yeah. in, in this, like we talk about it now and that you're like, yeah, there's a steel drum in that track. Definitely. You know, it's definitely there, but really it's there for eight measures of the whole song. Like that's the only time that you hear that you really hear that's a steel it. drum. Eight measures. Yeah. Beginning, Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Ding 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 ding. Dig it and then right. And yeah. then, then the, the break after the first chorus. Post chorus. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Ding 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 ding. Very nice. Ding 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 ding. Ding ding ding. That's all. That's all this the the steel pan that you hear in the song. But mm. 
it's kind of tricks you because everything suggests that they're still playing. <laughs> the yeah, there's everything yeah. but steel drums in, right. in the song for sure. Right. Yeah, I'd, and I'd, you did a great job cutting all that stuff back to make room for the vocal. That's very, very nice on yeah on your producer skills, brother. Well, I was I was blessed with with this one with what you sent me because. I think that when you sent me vocals, I had one note for you, and then I was like, actually, you know what? Like, fucking don't even worry about it. Don't, <laughs> don't take that note. I changed my mind. Yeah. yeah my note is to ignore my note. No, so. no. But no, I really loved what you did, and I was like, this is fucking perfect. Like, this is it. You, that's the vibe. And uh, let's do it. Let's just put it in the song that I created. <laughs> I'll just, yeah, I basically, you sent me. Uh, you know, verses, choruses that you wrote, and then I crafted the rest of the song around what you sent me. Yeah, dude. Because mm -hmm. I had to, I had to chop and chop and place some stuff around right. just for like a loose from arrangement on it. Yeah, from the demo. the demo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude. If if you enjoyed it a lot, I I want to do it again. I want to yeah work work on that Tokyo Tears. Tokyo Tears, brother. Yeah. <laughs> the the synopsis you gave for for what you're looking for oh, vibe-wise on that was all right. Lovely. So we'll 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 clue you in on this one. Um because this was just like a conversation between me and Cameron a little bit ago. He said, "Do you have any other tracks after we finish Solid Gold? Do you have any other tracks that you produced that you know, you would you want me to put vocals on?" And I was like, "Actually, I do have one, you know." And the the demo of the demo name was Tokyo Tears. Like I just produced like this idea, and it was because I was listening to a lot of like Japanese city pop at the time, mm. and so I just make you know made a little thing inspired by that, and I sent it to him, and he was like, "What are you What are you thinking about? What is the song about? You know?" And it's just an instrumental tune. Like, what's the vibe of the song? Mm. And I, I think you probably remember what I said better than I do. I mean, you, you, <laughs> what I'm getting right now shit. is like a like a Tokyo noir detective uh, smoking a cigarette, <laughs> right. screaming down some Tokyo highway, thinking about a lost love, but not lost because of any fault of his own. Right. It was a it was a gang mix up snafu where right. the lady got involved, the love interest, the yakuza, the yakuza, yeah, exactly. yakuza is definitely involved. Uh, damsel in distress, but now the damsel is gone uh, from this life. Right, and he's reflecting on this in a convertible, driving down, smoking a cigarette, and driving in Tokyo, screaming down the highway. And he's screaming down the highway, and he's stone faced, and he's not like distraught sad mm -hmm. about losing the love of his life to the yakuza he's out for revenge oh yeah he's he's re retribution <laughs> yeah he's right yeah retribution. there's a single tear uh streaming down his face as his impassive japanese right. face is lit and then darkened lit and then darkened by the passing street lights above yeah. uh, his windshield and he's just looking he's out for blood yeah and this was the brief that i gave you about a 30 second instrumental scene that I yeah sent you. i was like he's like right. what's it about and i said like all that shit so i'm like that's a lot vocalists <laughs> out there if you want to work with a producer Dude. who sends sends you descriptions of songs that are something like that Dude, hit your boy up. Yeah, ample right. inspiration. Very specific. <laughs> ample inspiration to write to. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. Yeah, bro. You uh, you're a very skilled man. Uh, I think I think the having to produce to a minute 
really fits um the sync licensing pursuit too mm. and like the constant development uh interest gauging things you have a varied amount of different like percussion instruments at your disposal too that are just gonna make it like it'll, it's gonna make your a very it's gonna have the tucker sodi authentic sound to mm. it and nothing you make is gonna be mistakable for anything else i feel Thank you. Yeah, I've been trying, I think that's one of the things I've been trying to do with my production and with my writing in general is kind of like uh, carve out and define a sound for myself. You know, I think that's one of the hardest things to do. And one of the most important things to do is to kind of like define your sound to a certain extent or just to know what you sound like, you know, mm -hmm. to be true to that. Um, and I had a conversation the other night with, with a friend and uh, I kind of liked what what we came up with about it it's like i like that my sound is like a little bit shitty like it's not like it's like good bad you know what i mean it's like it's not bad no 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 not bad not bad there's this there's this thing and i'm like i'm not being self-deprecating right now at all okay. and i i am a lot i do that a lot but not right now okay all right, right i promise you stay okay. with me you kind of lost like, me in the beginning there. yeah yeah it's like good it's like good shitty like you don't sometimes things are too polished like too perfect too like good you know mm. if something sounds like a million dollars that's great like a uh, fucking random access memories by daft oh, okay like, yeah, that yeah, yeah. sounds so good and i love that record i love everything about it but like i can't do that yeah you're not trying to go for like a sonic bonsai tree no, i like it thing. to be a little bit shitty because like that's kind of like how i feel like making shitty hip-hop beats on garage band was like a big part of like how i started making music and i like the humanity of something being a little sh like not perfect you know a yeah. little shitty yeah for you sure. know like i didn't i didn't quantize any of my drums on this you know maybe i should i don't know yeah <laughs> you know, like but you know like it, it's kind and, of like nomadic in in some way kind of yeah. how, how you described your upbringing into music it's sort of like well it's not the ut usf school music form of what it should be but it's still like yourself right and right. it's in like the nicely polished way but it's yeah and i like signature. i like a little bit of the the kind of like the rough edges like the a dirt. little bit yeah. of grit the, dirt, like, the, yeah. the, the human feel yeah absolutely well, i like that and i just want you to know for all of you listening to my music out there if you hear something that is this sounds wrong i could have fixed it okay <laughs> I, I, I did it okay i didn't Dude. i chose not to it was a choice this is just not a, a mistake okay so this is just a justification yeah hell yeah dude. Or, why not i mean Come on, not now. a justification it, it is an intentional artistic excuse uh, excuse <laughs> yeah, yeah <dude. laughs> it, it could be at the precipice like you mentioned sync licensing mm -hmm. it could be at the precipice a new form of where uh, sound libraries could go in, in into the next direction or music that you hear on advertisements into a more, yes, like a Tucker-ish sound. Tired, so of hearing all, about. tired of hearing all this manicured bullshit. Manicured, high, like, high-pass shit. Yeah, exactly, mm -hmm. dude. I'm tired of Not trap realize. beats. Let's get some yacht I'm rock. I'm tired of yeah. things being in time, okay? Yeah. Well, we need some mistakes. There's not any mistakes in the recorded music. So that's where I come in. Yeah. 
Bro. All right. Mistakes all bobbling over the place. Bobbling wrong notes. Dude. All right. We're talking about you're, <laughs> you're the next Billie Eilish. Of, mm. if, if that's... If that's not not saying it's you William make William to you, William <laughs> Eilish, uh, you you may you don't make a lot of mistakes, dude. You're very no. intentional and smart about what you do, and you, you can you can play this whole game of like, oh, it's it's good, bad, it's good, it's great. Thank you. The shit you make is awesome, it's human, dude. Yeah. It's human and it's sick. I appreciate that. I'll I'll take it. Okay, I will. Thank you. I won't fight you on it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what what is uh what's Tucker Sodi's like? Uh, promised land vision, crossing the River Jordan and in the land of milk and honey. Yeah, what what's your land of milk and honey? A uh, career, lifestyle wise, what do you want to do? I want to be constantly interested in what i'm doing i want to make a living for myself and for my family you know um i think that's something that i've been thinking about more often because you know i'm getting married soon mm -hmm. and so it's like okay i can't just like be floating out here like oh i'm gonna make music and you know i'm definitely still making music <laughs> yeah. that's still the plan 100 percent. but like yeah. It's it's a little bit more, you know, life gets a little bit more serious when when life things happen. So I'm like, okay, it just shifts your thinking a little bit. Um, so that's one of my priorities. But I want to just be constantly interested in the things that I'm doing. Like I want to be challenged creatively. I want to always be learning. And I want to be interested in what I'm doing while I'm making a living. Um, and I want to be working with people who I love because that music is is so joyous when it's shared with people who you love and like that's something i've found through making music even from when i started you know back making stupid rap songs dem in scooter high boys. school dem scooter boys scooter which boys. i say it's stupid but it wasn't it was it was fucking great it was i beautiful. loved it yeah. um because i was making music with people who i loved who were my best friends and like and it's the best feeling ever and being able to share that with people and like just the fact that you jumped on this track and the fact that we could collaborate through all of that mm -hmm. and like sounding boards for each other and like just everything like i love that process absolutely um i love revising a song a million times i actually absolutely do it's like this weird fucking like manic situation it's but sick. i love doing it yeah. because now I'm happy with that song with the way what you just heard like I'm happy with it. It's like yeah. I love it. Um and I you know people people have asked me this question of like where do you see yourself? Mm -hmm. You know or like what's the goal? What do you want to do? And like for a while I was like I want to play on hit records. Or, you know, or, I want to make a hit record or, like I want to be like the guy in LA or Nashville or New York or like whatever. Yeah. And I kind of have just kind like had a different perspective on it lately in the past like two years or so where i'm like i don't i don't really like those things like those actual milestones are not how i want to set goals for myself and some people are really good about setting a specific goal and doing that specific goal and i did it i got there i have the gold record or like i did the thing that i was trying to do and i just have found personally that i work better on like a I want to be challenged and I want to be interested and I want to be inspired and I want to work with people who are helping me 
be in all of those places. Um, because then the goal, the goal never ends. And, yeah. it, and, and it's just this, this journey that keeps happening. And it's, it's small steps because I don't want to, I don't want to be disappointed. You know, what if I don't make the, you know, I could sit here and say, I want to, you know, make a, a record that had the streams a million, you know, mm. and then what happens if it doesn't, doesn't happen? Am yeah. I supposed to be like, oh, I didn't reach my goal. But what if I made something that I really like and I was, you know, challenged and I loved it and I made friends in the process and I furthered my career in some way. Like, that's not a failure to me. No, no, that's like, that's progress. And that I think anybody who does any sort of craft or has tried to get better at anything, if they've gotten better at it, they realize that it's a small step, small step, and it never quite goes to the place where you expect it to go. Yeah. And I think when you start setting specifics, you kind of cut off the possibility of going to those new unexpected places that it can take you if you're open to it. The unknown realm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and conversely, say you were like, hey, I want to make a song that has a million streams. Once you hit that goal, you have to create a whole nother goal now. Right. Whereas when you keep it as like nondescript and, and vague, not in a bad connotative way, but like in a vague of like, of I just want to constantly be challenged. I want to be excited about what I'm doing. And I want to make money from it. Like that's that could last you till the fucking day you die. Yeah. And it leaves room for improvisation. It leaves room to to allow situations to happen that like if you were laser focused on maybe something else, you wouldn't allow that situation to happen. Damn. And yeah, I'm a really big fan of like life doesn't fucking go how you you plan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it no. doesn't go how you plan. I feel like anybody who's fucking been alive knows that. History you know? shows us repeatedly. Yeah, it doesn't go how you plan, and that's okay. And so like instead of making that a like a disappointing thing you can make it like a, an opportunity for like oh shit now i'm here you know mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um new building blocks exactly sure. exactly yeah dude well man what a what a lovely evening it has been with with tucker sody dude you're, you're extraordinarily easy to talk to and likewise you guys it's been it's been a lot of fun cool i'm glad you enjoyed yourself i've been thinking in an anxious way in the back of my mind like i, I hope tucker's really liking or, or at least enjoying himself <laughs> and not like thinking like, why am I here? I should be home making something. No, but. no. I, I will be going home and I'm cooking groupers tonight. Hey. hey key baby. lime butter. Little, what? Yeah, hell key yeah, lime dude. butter? Yeah, Shit. baby. Keep All right. I'm, I'm, I might, uh, I might, might just come over then. Yeah, you know, I'm, on, I, just, on, I'm just later on. Um, uh, one last note on the solid gold. Uh, I played it for Tess. And mm -hmm. and she said, um, "This sounds like if Bush Gardens was cool." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and, yeah it does. and like that's that's yeah, it's a it it's a it's a vague uh, comment, but I I know exactly what she's saying. Love it. Like if that was playing at Bush Gardens, I I mean, it could easily be there. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Or Carnival Cruise Line. Hell yeah. Anywhere, you know, dude. That's my come aboard. Name. Come aboard. <laughs> Solid gold, baby. You um, feel like gold. <laughs> exactly <laughs> well it's that time again folks i want to thank all you lovely listeners out there um from me cameron my partner carlos and our lovely guest tucker sodi um if you want to uh give a word of blessing 
to the listening audience, Tucker, uh, you know, not in like a spiritual religious sense. I mean, it could be spiritual and if you want plug to. Plug your shit too. Yeah, plug your shit too. Yeah, uh, firstly, t- firstly, tell us where where we can find you. Oh right, right, right. Um, well, my address. Is- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know do that. My specific um, coordinates. Uh, so I'm Tucker Sodi on social media. T u c k e r s o d y. Um, at Tucker Sodi on Instagram, probably the same on Facebook. Um, yeah, that's it. I, tr- I try and keep it real. That's my name. That's what it <laughs> I is. try and keep it real. It's <laughs> a good mission um, statement. And the things that I want to plug, we've plugged, but I'll just say it one more time. Cameron and I have well, treats, excuse me. Hey, that's what it'll be. That's what it'll be. Tucker Sodi and treats have a song coming out on uh the 21st of july which is a friday at midnight so really like thursday but um called solid gold you're gonna like it pre-save the link pre-save it like it is in the bio and you know for all you adventurous people out there play it once listen to it if you like it thank you um but just play it and mute it and just keep replaying it throughout the day you know classic before you go to bed just have it on repeat give us the old sleepify treatment yes dude volt peck's at a set a good mark with that one it's awesome the best thing it's such a good such a good scheme uh and and they're so good but that's that was a a1 scheme but tucker <laughs> lastly and uh and and uh, would you like to tell the audience anything out there that's been on your heart been on your mind that you would just like to leave as if you were speaking to somebody you loved yeah, yeah of course well i'm gonna i love everyone but i'm gonna i know i'm speaking on a podcast with the potential to reach millions of people mm-hmm. maybe billions who it, knows it will be. but i would with that in mind i do have a message and that message is the left lane is for passing and the right lane is for traveling. I love you. Good night. Fantastic. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Blank Sutra, everybody. Y'all have a lovely evening. Someday I'll